So, uh, hello, all you beautiful bitches and bastards, and welcome to the B&B Show, the podcast where two friends with different tastes in fiction come together to rip on each other's choice favorites. I'm your host, Will Ferris, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Sam. Would you please leave my testicles alone, Lowry? <laughs> <laughs> this one had more funny quotes, This one, <laughs> as opposed to last week. Um, yeah, all right, that's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> And tonight for your viewing slash listening, listening pleasure, we're going to continue our review of the Netflix animated series, Castlevania. Uh, the series is based loosely on the video game franchise of the same name. Uh, the second episode of the series, which we're going to talk about tonight, is entitled Necropolis. And just since we've already kind of gone over the, the production values last time we talked about Castlevania episode one, let's just do a quick recap of episode one and then we'll dive into it so this is my recap girl meets vampire vampire falls in love with girl girl is burned at the stake for being a witch by a city vampire is supremely pissed at it about it vampire gives the city one year to vacate or it will be destroyed city decides to hold a celebration for the girl's death one year instead vampire asks if he is a joke to the city and vampire unleashes hell on said city is that the gist that's episode one yeah uh you know he was not happy about it no 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 he <laughs> was not happy about it we end that episode in a bar yes we did with some town folk and this is where yes. we pick up today <laughs> yes so as sam said we we begin back with the, the the person that was pissed about the guy fucking his goat that's where we're at right now <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where we're at Sam's face was great when I said that that's why I laughed it's just so fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're back in the tavern in Merdunu something like that um, it's on the outskirts of Grisset which I know that's how they pronounce it because they said that city's name like 25 times mm -hmm. so I know over that's how you pronounce again. it yeah so Bosha uh, the guy that's pissed at the go fucker is still complaining about the Belmonts and obviously this is rubbing the unnamed man the wrong way because he's getting like this oh fuck look on his face like how you get when you get pulled over and you're not sure if you have your insurance that's the kind of look he has on his face yeah um <laughs> so he he decides he's going to drink more than he should and stumbles his way up to the bar and asks for another tankard of ale before he leaves uh the bartender is disinclined to give him another until he produces some coin and he fumbles through his clothes and the man doesn't seem to have any luck finding the coins. Um, as he's searching though, Bosha notices the family crests on his shirt. Um, he identifies it as the Belmont's coat of arms. And if you watch the first episode in the beginning of this episode, he doesn't really like the Belmont's not that much. Um, the Trevor, that's his actual name, tries to defuse the situation, but Bosha's not having any of it and claiming that everyone knows that the Belmonts were excommunicated by the church. Their lands were confiscated because they're dealing with black magic. And Bosha blames the Belmonts for bringing evil to the world and the rise of Dracula's army, which is kind of like, you know, white people saying that, like, you know, people of color are stealing their jobs. It's like, no, people are just telling you that's the problem. That's not the real problem. That's kind of how it is. Yeah, it was uh, pretty stupid because the church created the problem for themselves, but whatever, Bosha. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of how it is. You can't blame the church, Samantha. Damn. Mm. Literally. I would be burned at the <laughs> stake. I have no problems with this. <laughs> and then Neil would burn the place to the ground with demons. 
I don't know that Neil has reserves of demons to fight with, but I do think he would be pretty upset. <laughs> well, he has a bunch of Xbox Live friends that would help him out. It yes, like. he does. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> um, so he finds that killing Trevor would be the perfect opportunity to rid the world of one more Belmont. And he demands that he confesses to it first. Uh, Trevor, however, refuses and tries to get the record straight and tries to leave, but this doesn't happen. And after everybody in the bar just attacks him, he admits that he is a Belmont and the last of his clan. They fight. He kind of gets his ass kicked, but he also kind of kicks their ass. He leaves and he goes and sleeps in front of a tree, which is weird. I mean, I guess that's what you did back in the, the day. I don't know, honestly. I don't, I don't know. This episode could also be subtitled, We Follow a White Man Around for a While. <laughs> that's how I felt about this. I was like, yeah, he fucking sleeps under a tree. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we just follow a drunk. I mean, this is literally, we just follow an Amer uh, a middle-class American around. Yeah. That's what this is. I did um, feel a kinship to him a couple of times in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole like being hungover, trying to look for breakfast thing. I get that completely. Yeah, yeah we'll get to a line later that he says that I was like, yeah, I get you. <laughs> so on the following day, he arrives at Grishet. For some reason, he decides to go where the demons are going. He doesn't seem like he wants to, but he does. And the city's under siege by Dracula's army. Uh, Trevor overlooks the city. Um, there, we get a lot of scenes of people just like screaming at like dead husbands and bloody bassinets and kids that are like all beaten up holding crucifixes. It's not this, and there's like heads on pikes and like like streamers of like intestines just surrounding the city. It's it's kind of fucked up. Not great. Not great. Um, and uh, they're like filling like the the reservoir full of bodies. It's just a lot of shit's going on. Um, and, the, and the townsfolk are so freaked out by it that they've barricaded the city. So Trevor has to find another way in. And he finds that they haven't fixed the grate for the sewer outlet. And he decides that he's going to go through that, grumbling that he never thought he had to crawl through a shit pipe for breakfast. I mean, well, I get it. I mean, you do what you have to do, Trevor. <laughs> You do what you do, and then, yeah, it just happens. So in the city square, Trevor uses his last bit of coin to buy a strip of goat jerky, because that's just what you do. And he walks about munching on his meager breakfast and talking to several different townspeople. Uh, several of them mention a local legend of a sleeping soldier, a great warrior who supposedly sleeps in the catacombs below the city, but the residents are divided as to the cause of Grishit's current troubles. Many blame the small Travis speakers in the city, but are confident that once they are purged, as the bishop has ordered, the demons will leave the city as well. You know, because that's just, that's what the church, it's the church's fault, people. Come on now, just yeah. blame the church. Uh, but um, another warns Trevor darkly that the demons come at night and the bishop's men come during the day. So the bishops are never there. That's pretty much what they're saying. They're pussies. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> while strolling down the street, Trevor does encounter two of the bishop's men wearing the vestments of priests, but otherwise carrying the air and weapons of thieves and thugs. The priest shoves the elder of the speakers into an alleyway and warns them that the speakers were told to be out by sundown and parroting the bishop's word that they are obviously responsible for the demon's presence which we all know that's not true he then draws a cross-shaped like weapon and prepares to beat the old man to death with it which is 
pretty interesting thing to do with you know a religious vestment like that uh <clears throat> trevor then proposes that the two priests leave the old man alone and departs without further violence but the second priest draws a knife oh this was before he like whips off one of the, du the dude's fingers like he just like he's pretty badass with the whip i like it it's um, pretty cool then, yeah and, and then he asks how's your finger that's amazing <laughs> and the guy and then, says one fucking finger <laughs> And then the second dude, the baldy guy, like starts like, yes, this is a smart idea. This is what I should do. I should go after him with a knife. And then so Trevor kind of plays around with him. And then he just kind of lashes with his whip and rips his eye clean out of its socket, which is like amazing. It's pretty tight. Not going to lie. Yeah, Neil uh, made a face like I, Neil like sat down for that part. And then he saw the eye come out and he was like, Ugh. and I was like, it's not, it's a cartoon. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's not like we're watching like real shit. Like yeah. I made you watch way worse shit. Than way this. worse. Than this. <laughs> it's like we can go back through the catalog if you want to. And he's like, no. He's no, like, no, please no. don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, afterwards, Trevor orders the 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 priest that the, the first priest pick up his half blind cohort and make themselves scarce, which they do. They kind of just run like little bitches. Uh, the elder thanks Trevor for his help and invites him to stay in their hut. Uh, the speakers have come to Grisha to offer aid to its people, but since medical services and even basic order has broken down due to the nightly invasions by the demons, which if we flash back to the beginning when those like demons run by like the front gate and they're just like dogs and like <laughs> one's holding a one's like holding a dead baby in its mouth. That's like crazy. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot, you guys. <laughs> I was like, this is not the greatest place to be. I get it. I get why you blame anything. Fair. I get it. <laughs> um, Trevor states that it's not safe for the 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 speakers to stay while the church is blaming them for those invasions. And from what Trevor saw and heard, too many of the people are willing to believe it. Uh, the elder admits that there is another reason for staying, the legend of the sleeping warrior, which Trevor heard about earlier, and being supposedly powerful enough to defeat the people from, to defend the people from the monsters. Uh, one of their, one of the speakers, because he says there's actually 12 of them, but you only see 11 of them right now, went into the city catacombs to try and find the sleeping warrior, but has failed to come back. Uh, the elder is reluctant to say more, but one of the younger speakers just kind of says, fuck that shit, and tells them that, no, it's actually, it's his grandkid, so you got to help us. Um, Trevor is reluctant, um, but he proposes that if he recovers the grandchild, or at least the body, that the speakers need to leave before nightfall. Uh, as he leaves the hut, the elder confides in him that death does not frighten them, but the only thing that does frighten them is, is living without having done the best for others. Trevor really doesn't care, and he leaves, and that ends the episode kind of on an anticlimactic note. It's, it's yeah. Uh, my favorite line, by the way, is when he gets to, like, this the speaker's lair, and they're like, could I get you some food or anything to eat? And he's like, no, but I'll take a drink. Uh, and they were like, all right, we'll get you some water. And he's like, never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, knowing, knowing you, yeah, that could be, like, like oh yeah i want to drink yeah I'd, I'd like a beer if i'm gonna be here with you guys <laughs> yeah but he's got to know that they're like religious people they're not gonna have beer they're not gonna have ale fair he's a rascal <laughs> that trevor <laughs> so what, what did you think of episode two there are only four episodes in season one right yes 
Okay, so with that in mind, I think that this was, it's a transitional episode for sure. Oh, for it's, sure, yeah. It's taking us from episode one to whatever happens in episode three. Uh, <laughs> I think it was an odd use of an episode to uh, write it that way. Um, if you're only going to have four episodes in a season, to waste an entire episode on the transition of a character, uh, I think could have been better paced. I like yeah. the show and I like the atmosphere. I think it's good. I just, with the amount of episodes that they have in season one, I'm like, y'all got to get someplace and get there now. <laughs> you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you'll kind of understand. Yeah. You'll feel that way at the end of the season too, though, the way, if I remember the ending, I haven't watched this step, the season forever, but you'll kind of, yeah, you're like, well, you wasted a whole episode on this. It, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because that's how that's how I felt. Like this episode was a little slower than the first. Obviously, it's building the world around around Trevor and the world that we saw in the premiere. Mm -hmm. And while not as much happens, except for you know a little drunken fighting here, a little whip whipping here. Um, the tension's growing though. You're gonna see it. You'll see that it's about to burst in the third episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I but, could feel something was coming. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would give this one just because it was a little bit slower. I would say it's a three out of five. I would probably give this a two out of five Ooh, with okay. knowing like how little time we have to get to a place to end a season of a show. Yeah. I think that this could have been paced better. However, I don't know that that was the writer's intention anyway. They may have known at the time that they would get another season of this. So it didn't really matter. Um, I just think this could have been better used. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that completely. Mm -hmm. I do. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So with a total score, a cumulative score of 2.5 is what we give episode two of season one of Castlevania. I don't remember what we gave season episode one. Do you remember? I think it was higher for sure. Yeah. Probably I mean, like a 3.5, one... I would bet. <laughs> Well, episode one was definitely better. Well, yeah. yeah, we got to see Dracula make his face into fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, people tell him he's not real, Sam. He's not real. Yeah, don't worry. He's just talking to you with a face made of fucking fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hard to beat that. That's true. So that being said, that ends our review of episode two of Castlevania. Uh, stay with us for next week when we jump back into the bootleg universe uh, with producer Annie Shacker when we talk about Punisher Dirty Laundry. If you've ever seen the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, it follows his Punisher in a short film, and it's it's pretty epic. It's, if you like the Power Rangers short, you'll like. I think you'll like the Dirty Laundry short. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm pretty excited to watch that, actually. Yeah. So uh, if, if, that, if you got nothing else, then we're out. We're done. We bitches. are out, bitches.